G'day guys, Kevin Rudd here, former Prime Minister of Australia, but more importantly, Australia's uncrowned handball king on The Briefing, Australia's best ever podcast. Hang on a minute, was that Kevin Rudd just endorsing The Briefing? Australia's best ever podcast, Tom, as told to us by former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd. So if we accept that, do we also have to accept that he is the handball king? Oh, look, that remains to be seen. I'm yet to see his skills in action. I think the deal is worth it. Probably. But I've seen him play handball, so I don't know what that says about our podcast. (laughs) Well, it's the best ever podcast in Australia. That's what it says about our podcast. Yes. Well, welcome to a special weekend episode of the best ever podcast, The Briefing. Yeah, this week, Jam and I actually caught up with the former PM, Kevin Rudd, talking to him about what it's like to lead in times of crisis. People have a 100% sharp radar about this stuff. They know if you're bullshitting. Mm. You're either for real in feeling and experiencing what that feeling. You also asked him a a few personal questions like um, about his music taste. No, look, that's a very individual uh, (laughs) set of tastes. And and I'm such a music nerd uh, that uh, all of your listeners would fall about laughing if they knew the sort of stuff that I listen to. Okay, sorry. No, you've got to tell us now. You're the one that started this. You've got to tell us. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's It's just bad. It's a reflection of... The generation I grew up in and the nerdy taste I have, I would go from anywhere from um, uh, Neil Diamond to Vivaldi's Coral Works. So there you go. <laughs> All right, that's it. Oh, Kevin, that is bad. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was bad. You extracted the confession from me, but I was honest in my response. There you go. Yeah, some of the tunes that keep Kevin Rudd relaxed there. We met his cats as well, incidentally. By the way, that's my cat meowing in the background. I'm sorry. Oh, that's your cat, Kevin Rudd's yeah. cat. That's right. Well, we got two actually, and uh, this is Ella. And um, g'day, Ella. <laughs> g'day, and, Ella. Uh, and her brother's name is Louis Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. If we keep going this way, she'll purr very loudly because she's currently groveling for food in her tummy. Hey, be quiet. The um, I'm just going to assume you're talking to your cats there, Kevin. <laughs> not, a, right. not us. <laughs> Here we go. Shh. Just be quiet. Wow. Okay. So there's clearly a lot of weird, very personal stuff in this interview and we didn't get time to play it all on Monday's episode. Yeah. Look, we really ran the gamut of emotions and you'll see um, with this interview, we started with some pretty hard topics, China, the US, and then somehow ended up on handball. So enjoy this for a weekend listen. Um, Kevin Rudd, Uncut, with Jamila Rizvi and Jan Fran. Kevin, since leaving political life, you've been doing a bunch of work in the global sphere, as you've mentioned, including on China. Now, Australia's relationship with China is probably the most strained it's ever been. What would be your approach to managing the tensions? Look, I'm the first one to admit that the China relationship is hard. When I was Prime Minister and I was Foreign Minister, it was hard to. China then was big and now it's even a bit bigger. And China is becoming more assertive in the world. So I'm not pretending this is easy, right? But guess what? Every other country is going through this as well. It's not just Australia. Think about Japan. It's a democracy next door to China. It's an ally of the United States. And it actually has disputed territory with China. But they seem to navigate their relationship with Beijing with uh, less histrionics than is currently the case between Australia and China. So all I'd say is... If you're managing such a really hard relationship, 
It doesn't pay every morning to pick up the megaphone and uh, give it a blast. The whole business of diplomacy is it's supposed to be quiet, it's supposed to be thoughtful, and it's supposed to be long-term. Secondly, yeah, be very clear about your principles. And in dealing with China, I always had two basic ones, which was we're a democracy that believes in universal human rights, um, and China doesn't uh, have those traditions and doesn't have that current practice. But for our Chinese friends, they've got to get used to that. And thirdly, um, Australia is a long-standing ally of the Americans, and that's not going to change either. But within those constraints, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can do with China. That was my framework for doing it. And yeah. Sometimes I think the current government loses sight of that sort of balanced um, uh, understanding. So you don't think Australia should have led the calls for an inquiry into the origins of the coronavirus? My argument at the time, I'm on the record as saying this, there's nothing wrong with the call itself. Smart diplomacy would have been Australia picking up the phone early with 10 other countries and made that a joint call because it's much harder than for China to individually thug one country, much harder to, as it were, thug 10 countries than it is one country. Um, So my question was one of practical diplomacy. Um, Scotty from marketing may have thought that it was smarter to get out there early and on the front foot um, and to look hairy chested about it. Uh, I would have been more concerned to have robust terms of reference, um, a strong independent um, proposal, but one which had countries around it like uh, Japan, Korea, France, Germany, Britain, Canada, Mexico, etc., India, becomes much harder then uh, to be uh, to be picked on individually. That's was simply my practical proposal as a better diplomatic way forward. Kevin, you'll no doubt be watching the US election closely. Will Joe Biden be the next president? I think so. Uh, I normally am in New York. I mean, since the last five years, I run an American think tank based in um, in uh, New York. Uh, with COVID, I've come back home and have been here since uh, the end of March. Um, so I follow these things fairly closely. I think um, COVID uh, has been appallingly handled by the Trump administration by any measure. And most middle Americans um, who would swing their vote at an election are increasing of that view that he has mismanaged it radically. I mean, when you had, for example, the President of the United States standing up at the, um, in the West Wing and giving a press conference recommending his own personal remedies for dealing with COVID to the horror of the entire medical establishment. I think that's when he started losing it completely. So as a result, I think um, uh, it's going to be virtually impossible for this guy to claw back. But Trump demonstrated in 2016 he's a um, ferocious campaigner. But I've got to say, for America's sake, for the sake of all of us, uh, I think it's time we turned this page and got back to a form of uh, mainstream American global leadership. So I think Biden will win, but I also think it's the better outcome for us all. Yeah. It's always hard to predict US elections, aren't they? I think everybody got burnt in um, 2016 when the polls were showing one thing and then the reality very quickly showed another. I just want to come back to you now. I know you said that you were in New York and you've come back because of COVID. And I suppose um, maybe the workload has lightened a little bit for you. I'm not sure. Uh, It has for a lot of us. Can you tell us when the last time you got recognised on the street was and what they said to you? Well, and you've got, um, to, you've got to be honest, Kevin. No, 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 no. I'm trying to be honest about this. This would have been uh, yesterday at the um, local 
shops uh, at Sunshine Beach, um, which is about an uh, hour and a half north of Brisbane. And a woman comes up to me and looks at me and says, I like the beard. I just grown a beard. Um, uh, she said, but if you're looking for a disguise, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the honest answer. That's what happened yesterday. You're not looking for a disguise, though. Are you wanting to walk around Queensland incognito or are you happy to still be recognised? Oh, I don't, I don't mind. People are actually very kind to me uh, when I run into them. God knows what they say when I walk past. I'm not sure. But <laughs> yeah. but uh, people are both Therese and myself. When we run into people, are very kind and you know supportive and friendly. And Australians are pretty decent about those sort of things, I find. Um, you know, and young people are as, uh, as well. Uh, I've just been uh, recording another video with my son, Marcus, who's um, finishing his Masters in Film at the moment on the handball, uh, which is... Uh, me teaching the uh, the young kids of Australia my newest handball shots. So uh, that's always fun because I run into these kids the whole time who come up and say, can I please have a signed handball? So that's good. So that's <laughs> what you've been doing since leaving politics. You've been playing handball. You're now Australia's uh, handball aficionado. Well, not aficionado. You should get to my website. You'll find I'm the handball king. Uh, I, I have the best array of uh, handball dog shots that you've ever seen. Ooh. So you'll see in the next uh, handball video from me my introduction of what I call especially the Melbourne dog shot uh, and the COVID smash, two particular shots I've perfected uh, to encourage all those young people going quietly stir-crazy during COVID lockdown in Victoria. What were they called again, sorry? Uh, the Melbourne dog shot, which is a sneaky shot, which is technically against the rules but helps you win. And then the COVID smash, which is a big overarm um, a smash shot from me. I've dedicated that to the um, to the young people of Victoria who are going slightly batshit crazy at the moment. All right. Good to know. It's really the ultimate sport for nerds um, like me. You know, you don't have to be an Iron Man in order to do it. So what I've been doing, actually, when I've been back in Australia the last several years is schools around the country invite me to go and play handball. So I go and play handball. <laughs> and the deal is I give them a, a five-minute presentation on the National Apology Foundation and reconciliation between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal Australians. And then um, and then we play handball and I give out signed handball. So there you go. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm not very young anymore, but I think I might be taking up some handball to practice some of these new shots. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. That's good. Go well, Fires. I know it's... Um, it's a yuck time down there, but you're coming through it and uh, you'll get through it. Totally. Thanks, Kevin. All right. That was Kevin Rudd like you've never heard him before. Yeah. Australia's self-proclaimed handball king. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you um, share your love of the briefing on Insta Stories. Take a photo of where you listen to it. Tag your mates and tell them why they should listen to the best ever podcast, according to Kevin Rudd. Yes. Just subscribe. A podcast one production.